Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. I was in New York with a girlfriend of mine and we were, it was the middle of the summer and it was a very hot day, like 102, just hot, muggy. And we were walking across um, the street and we were walking behind a bus and then like the bus started taking off and it did that like, that like sort of like heated, like gross (laughs) puff of air. And my, my friend was like, this, what you're feeling right now is exactly what menopause feels like. <laughs> Just like hot from everywhere and then yes. more hot. Yes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rachel. And in this show, we talk about everything. Life and work, health and healing, relationships with others and with ourselves. These are stories for the seekers. These are conversations for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Are you based here in LA? I am. Cool. We were just talking. Uh, I, I'm in Encino now. I moved from nice. Los Feliz after we had kids. Yeah. How's the valley feeling? It feels fine. I, I actually, um, it's not as jarring as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I really love Los Feliz. I love the energy yeah. there. I remember when Justin and I were looking for a place, Justin's my husband, and we were living together in Silver Lake, and we were looking for a place, and we actually looked at a place in Encino, and he had a panic attack. He's like, I can't, it's too soon, too soon, too soon. He's 10 years younger than me as well. Yeah. And so it's funny that now that we've had children, we've moved to the place where he thought, I, I, it's too, too early. Absolutely. Because you needed more space. You needed like, yeah. 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 Cool. And a house that wasn't going to kill my children. At, like those uh, yeah. old, beautiful, colonial Spanish homes that are so beautiful yeah. that are just like death traps right right the balcony that they're just yeah like, oh, totally pretty, i love them so yeah. much but no no not for kids yeah so how long have you guys been in encino now uh i think about three years oh it's been a hot minute it's been a sack okay. yeah and how old are the kids uh we have a 14 or 15 month old and then about three and a half. Oh, you're in it yeah we're in the beginning you stuff. are in it yeah. how's that feeling it's good good it's really good um when we had the second one, it was sort of that thing of like, do we want to do the first one was you have four. So I don't even yeah. I don't even know why I'm talking to you about this. Like you're <laughs> a unicorn to me. You know, when we had one and it was going really well, I was like, why are we rocking the boat? It was always that thing of like, well, we, we 
both have siblings and we wanted to, um, you know, he want, we wanted him to have a sibling. And, you know, I'm also going through my, my parents are older and like having my siblings around to help me navigate that is so important. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm I'm just looking ahead. I, I thought, you know, let's just, you know, ensure that he's going to be taken care of and he has someone else to like talk to about his crazy parents. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, at the beginning of that, the, 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 when we had the second one, we're like, what have we done? We've totally disrupted everything. We're back with diapers. We yes. Were, like, you know, we you just got past that. that. All that crap comes back in the house. I was kind of depressed for a few weeks. That's real. And then, you know, obviously I fell in love with this human being. Yes. And like, it was it was great. Now he's just a lot of fun. But like, I am really excited every time we're kind of like past the stage. I'm like, get it out because we're not doing it anymore. <laughs> yes, yes. That feels really good. <laughs> that honestly, that is the piece. I was just thinking about this yesterday. When your kids are little, if you have them super close together, it's brutal when they're little, yeah. but when they're older, it's yeah. the jam because yeah. you're done. And I love, you know, put the asterisks. Like I obviously, I love all my kids. I'm so grateful. But my oldest turned 17 this weekend. 17 is a grown adult. Yeah. And he is. He is so like composed and knows it. And then I have a six-year-old. The swing is bananas. Yeah. I'm still dealing with first grade. I'm dealing with whole body listening and she has a hard time sitting still in yeah. class and i'm like <laughs> there's something to be said for yeah. like getting it getting it out of the way i know i know i mean did you always were you were you was any of these an accident or was it like something <laughs> that you were planning well ironically the second one was an accident oh okay yeah so i'm that i am a unicorn in that i got pregnant on birth control so uh, yeah. my oldest was 11 months old when I found out I was pregnant. <gasps> yeah. You had no break. I had no break. I feel like the mamas listening to this are going to get it. Like, I just got back in my pre-pregnancy genes. Yeah. I just started to feel like, okay, I got this. I, I don't totally know what I'm doing, but I sort of know what I'm doing. And then I thought I had the flu. And I was like, man, I can't shake this flu. And then I was like, oh, no. Oh, I was so, I was so sad. And I love that you said that you felt a little depressed because yeah. I actually don't think parents talk about this enough. Yeah. So then if you find yourself in a situation where you feel disappointed or frustrated or sad, and you've never heard any other parents say that they mm -hmm. go through that, you think you're a terrible person. Oh, yeah. Because you're like, well, I've only ever seen the Instagram perfect yeah. parenting style. Right. I think it's really important to say, yeah, it was really sad. It could be hard, yeah. He's a light of our life. Like, he's 15. He's awesome. He's thriving. But it was hard at first. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. I know I, I, I talk about that a lot with my friends. Mostly they're, they're my f friends who are women who have carried their, their kids as well. You know, it's that, that guilty feeling of, you know, you've always wanted to be a mother. And also when people tell you, like, you're going to be an amazing parent. And then you sort of have that expectation saddled on you as well and so when it's hard you're like nope nope people are like assuming that i'm gonna be so good at this yeah and like you feel guilty about feeling that it's hard but like i mean oh it's so brutal it is brutal it yeah. is so brutal it is and it's brutal from one day to the next like you can have a day where you're like all right pretty good yeah. tuesday <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all comes next. crumbling down yes i know and i i think i convinced myself when they were younger that like we would get to a place where okay, we, we sort of have, we've done it. Like mm -hmm. we, we've raised these kids, they're all 18, they're out in the world. And now that I have a 17 year old, I'm like, oh, oh no, it'll never stop. 
it'll yeah. ne yes they're gonna be launched and go live their own lives that's what we're aiming yeah. for but there's never gonna be a world where i don't worry there's yeah. never gonna be a world where they don't call me and go like i have a weird rash yeah. what what should i do yeah like it will never stop right. it's such a wild the reality of parenting is so different than anything you imagine yeah. before it yeah. And was it was it a long road for you guys to become parents or you sort of knew and then went for it? Surprisingly, no, we we always um, well, I don't think I knew I wanted to be a parent as soon as Justin did. I, I, I'm 10 years older. I grew up in the 70s and the 80s in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I just didn't really see a lot of representation mm -hmm. of same sex couples having yeah. kids. So for me, it just wasn't something that I even like knew to aspire toward. And he grew up here in, in, in the Los Angeles area. He's again, 10 years younger. He kind of came right out of college with a law degree and started working on the Proposition 8 case, which was the the, the proposition that, that basically turned around uh, marriage equality here in California. So he was immediately an activist and like working in that space of cool. trying to regain the rights of the LGBTQ community. So I think for him, it was always an aspirational thing that he saw himself getting married and having kids. So when I met him and that I saw that kind of hope and that desire, like I realized I had that as well. I just didn't really have the the courage to dream it for myself. When we got married, he did say something I really appreciated. He's like, let's wait five years and just be married before we even have this conversation. Smart. And I'm really happy we did that. Not to say that that's, you know, you can't do it the other way and like just dive in. But for us, like it was really great to have that sort of foundational time. And it got to the point of like five years and I'm, you know, only getting, well, we're all only getting older, <laughs> but I really felt like I was only getting older. And so I, uh, I sort of, you know, put the fire under him a little bit. I was like, you know, I, if we're going to do this, we should probably think about doing it yeah. sooner. And he was also seeing his parents get older and like realizing that it's all ticking clock. You know, we're not all going to be at the same age for forever. And he wanted to be able to, to do this at a time when he still feel like his parents could you know, fully enjoy that experience with us. So he put that into motion. Uh, and once we started, it all was pretty smooth, actually. Cool. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pieces you have to get into place when you're doing this um, with the help of a doctor. You know, it's not like you could just wake up and be like, oh, I thought yeah. I had the flu. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know? So you guys uh, did surrogacy? Yeah, we did surrogacy, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, my daughter, my youngest, uh, my daughter is adopted, so I oh, wasn't great. sure if yeah, you guys yeah, had a doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that's right. We were open to everything. We were, we were going to try surrogacy first. My husband is a, um, a cancer survivor. He had cancer mm -hmm. when he was uh, 14, and his parents had um, the very um, wise decision they made the very wise decision to to have him go to a sperm bank before um he went through chemotherapy so smart. just because they weren't sure if he was going to be sterile yeah and, but it's also a weird thing with a, you know he's a 14 year old kid who's going through puberty and like yes. he's being taken to this you know fertility clinic yeah. and like yes. having to like go into a room and do this thing and then his parents are like taking him out for like a burger and like it's just gonna be about to go into like you know yes. chemotherapy for for cancer and like so it was all this like weird stuff happening yeah. for him but when we ended up testing um, his sperm later, when we were ready to start a family, you know, he pretty much was unable to have kids. Wow. And so we used this this banked sperm, and that's what Beckett, our first son, How is. Cool. So we really wanted to, for us, it was important for us to at least try to sort of honor his parents' decision. And, uh, you know, then past that, we were open to, to other um, options, but yeah, I'm I'm happy it worked out the way it yeah. did. Your oldest is you said three, three? and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, little tiny one. Yeah, uh, that this age though, man. 
Yeah. Or is it? Is he a three major? Like, is he totally? Hard? Yeah, he's oh, uh, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. strong-willed or mm-hmm. knows his mind. Yeah, that's yes, fun. <laughs> very strong-willed, and you know, uh, negotiating what it's like to have a little brother now, and mm. uh, you know, we're How all we're all, we're all learning. It's it's been great some days and horrible others. You yeah, know, that's so freaking real, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh, was the was the second baby? easier like harder like was it about the same yeah i mean it's interesting because so becca was born during the pandemic so i was meant to be working i was meant to be doing a play on broadway and and i was also writing a cookbook and i was like i don't know how i'm gonna juggle all these things these things and and then kind of everything shut down and it was this blessing because then i got to sort of just i was still working on the cookbook but i got to you know do this thing and just be a dad and you know, figure out what that means for me and like what my responsibilities are. And we were all just sort of doing it as a family unit together. And uh, also probably drove us crazy because we had nowhere, we had no escape. But I think in hindsight, it was a really lovely thing, especially since I'd been so busy. I'd been doing Modern Family for 11 years and I had just ended. So I had this like built in break. And then with with Sullivan, our our youngest, it was after the pandemic. And that play that I was supposed to do was back. And I was actually doing it in New York. And so all the things I was nervous about the first time happened with with Sullivan. I was actually in New York doing the play when he was born. And I had to come back for the birth and then like go back and forth on my days off from New York to to be around. And I was kind of MIA for the first three months and Justin was taking the charge and my in-laws were helping and my family was coming in to help but I was sort of popping in and out it's like Papa Wizard rolled in stone and uh and now it's like it was a totally different thing so in a way it was easier because I literally was was not there but also I think for both of us just kind of having a test run so to speak yeah like kind of helped it all you know it was smoother I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way, as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store.
Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. I hold on, I just want to ask Jack, is the heat on? Or am I having some kind of hormonal? Okay, um, maybe I'm having a hot flash. Menopause is coming early. Is it? Do you think it is? Yeah, no. Do you? I hope. A friend I'm of fo- mine. I'm 41. I'm like oh, dying for it to just happen. Just happen? Yeah. You're way too young. I know I am, but why do I have to keep getting a period if they're if I'm not trying to I make mean, any more babies? You, it's not uh, yeah, fair. I understand. I Come understand. On. There should be like a switch that yeah. says I'm ready. My friend um, just realized she'd been going through menopause for the past few years. And we're like, oh my God, this explains everything. Yes. <laughs> yes. I had something similar. Uh, someone I interviewed on the show who didn't understand that's what was happening because she was still taking birth control. Yeah. Because she was like, I don't need, you know. Yeah. And the doctor said, go off of it. And immediately she went into menopause. And, wow. Yeah. Was it fast? It was so fast. So I'm just, Are you nervous about like the 10-year menopause? I am. I'm for sure going to have that. I'm definitely already, I mean, the listeners of the show and Jack have listened to me talk about my hormones for like three years now. It's such a bitch. There's, um, I was in New York with a girlfriend of mine and we were, it was the middle of summer and it was a very hot day, like 102, just hot, muggy. And we were walking across um, the street and we were walking behind a bus and then like the bus started taking off and it did that like, yeah. That like sort of like heated, like gross <laughs> puff of air. And my my friend was like, this, what you're feeling right now is exactly what menopause feels like. <laughs> Just like hot from everywhere and then yes. more hot. Yes. <laughs> Ugh, not interested. <laughs> Wait, you said something though. I've always wondered this. How do people navigate if you have this opportunity as an actor to mm-hmm. go do Broadway, mm-hmm. but your home is here and your yes. family's here? How do you do that? Do you get a hotel room like i know we, this is a very yeah, weird question totally. but i've always wondered um well we have a place in new york oh. we go back and forth a lot so that's right. what i did before that i uh would go to new york to sometimes to do a play during the summer and we would just rent a place and you know it's i like mean we thing. lost money because you don't get paid a ton to do theater especially right. theater that just is gonna last six weeks oh jack's creeping in oh just take a photo okay i was like oh, what's okay. happening okay no no you go ahead you go ahead i was like <laughs> what's like going you're on doing something wrong <laughs> um but yeah no it's it's you know and now we're thinking about it's those things like is the job worth taking the whole family across the country i'm in that place now so yeah. i love doing theater but it is it does take you away from your family and it's also a schedule that's not made for for parents especially at this age because right. you know you you basically have all day free and then like 
you know, they're in school and then when they're getting ready to go to bed, you're off to work and then you're tired because yeah. you're staying up late and your adrenaline's still running through your body at like one in the morning and falling asleep late and then waking up early for the kid. It's just, it's torture. So it's not, it's it's not great. Was it almost better that time than to be by yourself? Because yeah, you could just yeah, be yeah, on yeah. your I could own just schedule. sort of focus on the task at hand for and sure. Are you pretty regimented with a schedule so that adjusting it for a time zone or adjusting it for doing a play, does that have to take a big swing or you're just kind I'm of I'm more I'm more um, more so now with, with kids. You know, we just fall find ourselves. They they, they create the patterns right. and we fall into them. But then when I'm by myself you know, I'm sleeping in, nice. I'm doing what I need to do. Yeah. I'm staying awake till two in the morning if I want to watch TV. Like, yeah. you know, I don't care. <laughs> it is such a funny thing when you're kind of like wired from doing something. Yeah. That you, it takes a while to come back down. Yeah. And it sort of throws everything else off. For sure. Are there routines or habits or anything that you do inside of a more, whether you're on set when you were doing the show or when you're doing a play where you're, you need your immune system to be awesome. You need to have energy. Mm -hmm. Like, are there choices that you make when you're in production on something right. to stay healthy and I think fresh now I would that? definitely be a little bit more strict with myself. When I was doing Modern Family, I didn't have kids, so it's just you know I would I could suffer through an early morning call if I had stayed up late the night before and you know know that I could nap anytime I wanted to but now knowing that like sleep is sort of like you have to fit into these certain windows I would definitely do things differently now when I was doing the play in New York City I was very strict with myself like I would try and wake up and work out in the mornings because that's when I had the most energy and I would do um, vitamin drips like once a week just to sort of keep myself healthy so I didn't have to call out of the show and uh, you know I was also traveling back and forth and yeah. trying to just keep my my keep ahead of it absolutely but I thrive off of routine I, I find I, I wish I was more of a morning person because those early morning hours I feel like are so productive for me I set my alarm hoping that I can do it and then I end up sleeping until the very last minute um, <laughs> but while my husband's up and like you know, accomplishing 900 different things. Right. He's like the Marines. Totally. Yeah. 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 He, um, you know, I'll, I'll get like, I'll, I'll wake up and look at my phone. He's already sent like nine emails to people <laughs> that we need to send. Let's see. Like, I wish I could do it, yeah. but I just don't like to. Yeah. Well, I think it's like you, you go with what you know works best for you. Yeah. Do you carve out time for yourself within the day if you're not able to do it in the morning? Like, are there pockets where you're like, this is me time? I try to. It's, it is, again, hard with kids. Yeah. Um, they're little, too. Yeah, they're little. And I don't have any sort of set schedule. Like, every day is a little different. So I'm looking for – I mean, I, I had this rare thing that happens to actors where, like, I had a, a real job for 11 years. Like, that's just not a real thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is, like, what it feels like to be, like, a doctor or a nurse or uh, any anyone with a real job, a, a, you know, any – a barista. Like, I was like, this is – you know you're doing this thing every day. And, you know, when the when that stopped and all of a sudden I had all this time, you know, there's days where I'm so busy trying to cram a whole bunch of stuff. And then other days where, like, I don't have anything to fill my days. And obviously kids do change that. But, like, for the for the few months between having kids and finishing Modern Family, I was like, well, what, what, I, I don't have no structure. Yeah. And it was exciting for, like, three days. And then it was, like, panic-inducing. Was there – was that transition hard to go from, like – you're on this massive show, you did yeah. it for so long, you have routines, you have a, a group of people, presumably, that you love yeah. and get to hang out with, Very and much, then all yeah. of a sudden, nothing. Nothing. What did that feel like? I think it's it's hard anyway. I've talked to a lot of friends who have been on long-running shows, and like it's a very tough transition to like come out of that and then go back into like 
you know, the Regular life of a real life. actor. Yeah. And like, like, well, what's next? But I think it's a blessing and a curse that two weeks after we wrapped Modern Family, COVID happened. So we were, I, I didn't feel like I was having FOMO because the whole world was sort of having to like shut right. it down. But it was also hard because this really important thing that happened to me for 11 years we were meant to have a kind of a celebration, like a, a victory lap with it, you know, on different talk shows and be, you know, promoting the the finale of the show. And we were all doing these things from Zoom in oh our homes. God, and that, it was that, really yeah. rough because we didn't really get a chance to mourn it. Yeah. Because when we finished the show and we wrapped, it's a very emotional thing. You know, they when they do these series wraps, they... Um, they wrap all the different people, all the, all the different characters, like one by oh, one, starting with like, a, that's a like this is a wrap on, on Aubrey Anderson Emmons, and they start <gasps> with the youngest person all the way to Ed O'Neill, oh, no and way. so you know when your when your time is coming when you're going to hear your name because you know like oh I'm the next oldest like and so you know they say that's a, that's a series wrap on Jesse Tyler Ferguson and like immediately just start crying and like hugging everyone and but we all were like we'll see each other in a few weeks, and then that didn't happen and. We've since seen each other, but we've never been together all as a group since that day. We've it's come pretty that, close yeah, to it's having. Yeah, funny no one's like thrown a party or. We something. have, but yeah. like, there's always someone who can't right. come. Right. And we've come very close to to having a full reunion, but it's never happened. So. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we're, we have a group text. Yeah. That, that's you know always lighting up. It was just lighting up last night. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it was it was a weird thing, and I think we were all prepared for it to be a really obviously emotional, but very impactful thing. Um, but I don't think any of us, you know, you can't imagine it's going to be that that way when you have a global pandemic. <laughs> right. Yeah. No one, no one saw that. Coming. Yeah. How long have you lived here? Uh, just moved back to LA this summer. From so where? in May. I grew up in Southern California. I lived in LA for like 20 years, moved to Austin for five oh, years nice. and then just came back. Did you like Austin? I did at first. Okay. Um, you know, it's interesting you talking about your husband seeing examples and you not seeing examples. My oldest is gay. Mm -hmm. I knew pretty soon after we had moved there that it wasn't the right environment for him. I had I had known since he was a little boy, mm -hmm. but during pandemic, 13 years old, he officially comes out. It was so special, Aww. and I I never thought Jackson would come out. Like I thought he would just like show up one day with his boyfriend and we'd be yeah. like, hey, Steve. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he told me later he came out because he wanted to have a story. He said, when, when I'm an adult, I want to be able to tell people About how I out. came out. Yeah. And when he came out, he was very, like, so confident in himself and not, like, he had always worn, like, nail polish and he had uh -huh. his ears pierced and whatever, but he went to school 40 minutes outside Austin, so very much the country. Yeah. And so he got... You know, Texas boys yeah. with a boy who's got his nails painted and wearing earrings. Like yeah. that went over exactly how you think it did. Yeah. And I just wanted him to be in an environment where that wouldn't happen as a kid. Mm -hmm. But you said that earlier and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, that didn't, I never thought about that, that he wasn't seeing healthy relationships or adult right. couples modeled for him right it's not just are you going to get picked on at school it's right. also do you have a visual aspirational yeah what does this yeah. look like yeah so yeah so anyway it was we well, needed to move back he so. obviously felt very comfortable you must be yeah. a very good mother who oh, makes him feel you. very supported thank you yeah yeah he's I, it's so funny he it was so cute he like came in my bedroom uh -huh. and then he left and then he came in and I was like, babe, are you okay? And he was like, I'm fine. And he left again. And he's a very articulate child. So uh -huh. him stuttering was, a, you know. And then he came back in again. 
And I was like, what is going on? And he was like, I'm gay. <laughs> and I was so not expecting him to do that. But I also had read so much in preparation. And so immediately I was like, congratulations, yeah. it's awesome. Like all the things, right? Yeah. And I put them on group text with all my friends who were gay. And they were just like dying rainbow emojis, unicorns, so like sweet. welcome. Like this is amazing. Well, that's exactly so it was how it should be. Yeah, it was really cool. That's really sweet. It, it makes really me cool. teary. Yeah. yeah, that's very sweet. You're <laughs> such a young mother, my God. I'm just I, putting it all together. I know, I am. You I started I, so early. I did. I came from, my family's Southern. I came from a culture where you get gotcha. married and have a baby as yeah. soon as possible, so. Yeah, that was. I mean, there's thing. a little bit of envy I have to say as someone who's I'm 48 and I have you know very young children and there's I I look at people like you mm -hmm. who have obviously young yeah. kids as well but like a 17 year old yes and there's a piece of me that's like oh my god to be that far along right and still have all this life ahead of me like right. well I know I'm not supposed to say this but I definitely think oh. I had stopped at the 15 year old. Yeah. Like I'd have a 15 and I'd be, and you'd be done. in yeah, my forties, yeah, yeah, yeah. like done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I yeah, know. You know, it's all happens the way it's supposed right, to. Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. Um, but what you were saying, yeah. so the new podcast yes. is happening at restaurants. Correct. Yeah. Which is so interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's so called tell dinners us on the me. impetus. So the, it's called dinners on me. I take someone out to a, a dinner and we have a conversation over a meal. I always find that it, some of the best conversations I have are over a great meal. So it sort of lets people's guards down. But you're right. We do this in a restaurant. We do it at a different restaurant. So like we don't even have a consistent sort of setup. Yeah. We just sort of arrive and we're like, okay, where's the quietest area in this room? And sometimes, you know, we're, we're there at the middle of a, of a rush hour and we just have to like go with it. And I like that there's ambient sound. I like that the, you hear the waiter come over to the table and tell us the specials and we order. And it's also fun to hear these people in that sort of environment. Like, you know, you like, oh, how does Tracy Ellis Ross talk to a waitress? Yeah. You know, like, oh, oh, just how I imagined she would. She's very funny <laughs> lovely and like, yeah, lovely. And and like, and but it's, it's just fun. And like, what is she going to eat? Oh, she's gluten free. That's interesting, you know. Yeah. But you know, I had Dax Shepard on um, this week. His episode's coming up in a few weeks. And he, obviously, he's uh, anyone who's a podcast fan knows of Armchair Expert. And the, the the podcast he started with him and Monica Padman. And, like, they do it in their attic. And, you know, they have a very controlled space like we're in sitting in right now. And he had so many questions when he sat down at this restaurant. There was, like, a fountain going off in the background. There was a speaker <laughs> above us that we had. We had them turned down just a little bit. There was people that were, you know, chatting and having their own conversations a few tables away. He's like, the podcaster in me is having a nervous breakdown. I bet. I bet. <laughs> I was like, don't even worry about yeah. it. It's not going to – it doesn't matter. It's so cool, though, because yeah. you really do – like in this environment, you have to have both sides of this setup, right? Yeah. Who can have a conversation with each other. Right. Versus in a restaurant, it's kind of like a date. If yeah. you hit a moment where you're like, I don't know what else to talk about, you can, oh, look, oh, look, that couple's on their yeah. first date. What do you think they're talking, yeah, you know? Exactly. Or, oh, look, a dog. Or, yeah. you know, what are you going to eat? Or how are the raviolis? Right, you, There exactly. are other things to play off sure. of. That's right. Are you a big, this sounds like such a dumb thing. You're going to say foodie, are, aren't you? No, I'm not going to say foodie. I was going to say, are you a big fan of going out to dinner? I am. Me too. I love it. It's my favorite. I love, it's like I love to cook, three. but like I do love Same. going out to dinner. I do too. It's just... And I'm I am a bit snooty about not the food because I'll eat at a food truck, but like I'm snooty about 
just the whole the vibe the experience yes i don't think i don't think that's a bad thing to say okay not at all i think like if you're gonna take the time to go out and spend your money and like have an experience you want it to be nice well also if you're a parent and you maybe get one meal a week right. if you're lucky that you get you don't to want like it to go- be like at a, a no. boring restaurant where there's no one else and like the lighting is bad exactly. and like it's and if it vibe. is like the, the food has to be so good and has to be a good vibe right. like do I mean, you guys do a date night we do enjoy- yeah we do we, we actually just did one last night nice yeah. do you end up going to the same places <clears throat> or you try something new we there's a we have a few places in rotation that we yeah. love because we know if we go there we're gonna get what exactly. we want and it's yeah. gonna be a good experience but we love trying new things yeah where um, I feel like I wish we were a little bit better about trying something new, mm-hmm. but it's just it's like if when you, you know find you like something, spot, yeah. yeah. How do you guys choose the restaurants for the podcast? Well, we like to have a um, a variety of different types of restaurants because we want to make sure that we're you know everyone wants Italian food, but we're not just going to go to Italian restaurants, right? But um, you know, a lot of it's we we consider our guests and where they where they're physically at. Like I just had Mandy Moore on, and so we went to Pasadena, which is an area I don't go to a lot. So I was excited to try a restaurant on that side of town. Ironically, just last night, Justin and I went to the Pasadena Playhouse to see a friend's show, and we ate at the restaurant that I took Mandy to. So oh, I was like, here's one? a new. It's called Bar Shermo. Sh- Oh, Shermo, I think. There's it's a right, great little right French the, place there that I love. Right next to the Pasadena Playhouse? It's called Pearl. <clears throat> P-E-R-P-E-R-L-E. I okay. think that's how they pronounce it. Yeah, Maybe I'm always I'm looking for places on that side it's of town. really nice. It's yeah. like a fabulous, like on a rainy Saturday. Like it's a yes. really lovely, they just do everything really well. It's a, If I'm not mistaken, husband and wife. And the wife is the pastry chef and the husband's a chef. And they just, oh, yeah. the vibes mm. there, it's all there. That's great. They use, yeah. Emma, stop talking. Okay, about, I'm definitely looking really that on my list. Yeah. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market. Because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach thrivemarket.com slash rach. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. 
Discounts not available in all states and situations. When we're considering our guests, like I had Jesse Williams on and he was my co-star in this play that I was doing in New York. And it was about a baseball team and he played the star baseball player and I played his business manager. And so when I had him on, I thought, let's go to a sports bar. So we went to this Indian Italian sports bar. That's a real thing called Pija Palace in um, Silver Lake. And uh, it was just, you know, it it was really fun. So we tried to also like be clever with themes nice. uh, weird al yankovic is uh coming up on our our show and he is vegan so we took him to uh cafe gratitude oh, which yeah. of course he'd been to a million yes. times but like Iconic. you know for people who don't know about cafe gratitude it's really fun to listen to us order the i am bountiful <laughs> yeah. and i am worthy they have all the great names for their dishes so how so you've already uh, done the interview with him yeah, yeah how was he as an interview great cool he i he's someone i've known for a while um eric stone street who played cam on modern family was friends with him and was in one of his videos. So I got to meet him through Eric. And Eric was like, you're just gonna be so surprised by him because he's not anything what you think he's gonna be. Mm. You sort of think he's gonna be this like brash, loud person. He's very shy, very introverted, very thoughtful. And I, I already knew that going into it. So I was really excited that like people get to sort of see this other side of him. Have you had a guess yet? And you don't have to name names, but have you had a guess yet where you're like, oh my God, like there's nothing here? Or you know before you sit down with people, you know their vibe? No, there hasn't been a guest yet that, that I felt that way about. But there has been a, 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 sometimes I want to talk about, and this happens to me too. People want to talk about Modern Family a lot. And like, and I actually really, I love talking about it. And like, I love getting into it. If people have questions, I'm like, I'm, all, I'm game for everything. But there were some, some people who were on who were known for a certain thing. And they were there to like sort of talk about something else. And like, right. I really wanted to, I was like, your fans want to hear about this thing. Yes. Yeah, they were iconic for. And I could kind of sense that they were like, ah, oh, I have right. to talk about this again. So I, I get it because yeah. I've also been in the same boat. Yeah. There's a, do you know Tim Ferriss, podcast host, yeah. wrote for our work week? Um, uh, he very famously, before every interview, asks like five questions before mm-hmm. they start rolling. And one of them is, is there anything that you're super tired of, that you're just over, yes. that you do not want me to bring up? Which I always think is so wise. That is interesting. But then it does really, you're like, oh, but I am a bit curious yeah. about this thing. Yeah. It is funny. It's you wouldn't know unless you interview people for a living that it is there is a certain art to it yeah especially if you're sitting with someone i never worry about talking about something specific but sometimes you sit with people and they can be the most brilliant actor or the most brilliant musician most brilliant thing ever but they don't know how to have a conversation like this yeah and so you're just like, oh, God, we have to fill an hour. <laughs> what are we going to do? I know, I know. It's so wild. It's true. I, I've been lucky that almost everyone that I've had on my show is someone I already knew before. There's been a few people that I, would, I met for the first time. Cool. But like 95% of the people are people I have trust and I'm kind of already friendly with. So there's already a sense of like trust there. As, as I've continued to do this, and I hope to do this for a little while longer, it's only like that pool of people I already know is going to get smaller and smaller and I'm going to have to start branching out. And- yeah. Well, I've learned too to do, this sounds so obvious, but it took me a minute. Tell me. Um, I will go find a, somewhere on the internet is that person doing an interview. Right. And I have said no to some pretty big people because I can tell that in that no. it's just, because you can do a six minute clip, yes. but I really 
can only it will only work if it's someone yeah, who can hold an hour yeah such, it's really specific yeah. so i'm like oh i can tell that you can yeah. you'll be comfortable with this and you'll not you can tell when people are in their head and they're trying to think through right. that's why i'm always like we'll edit out anything like yeah. you can have carte blanche but yeah. just be here in yeah, this yeah, space yeah, yeah. and like let's talk about things yeah how so you just did season two or season i'm in two? season two right okay now. cool yeah, you're still it. filming yes rad yeah and where was it i mean you said you had a cookbook and you love mm -hmm. food so was it an obvious choice that you thought i'm gonna do a podcast or someone brought no. the idea to you uh, um sony my my producers uh and, and studio brought brought it to me um they had this idea and i had pitched a different podcast that didn't end up going and they said yeah we still want to work with you though and here's a few ideas that we have because i do work in the food space i've like i've hosted the james beard awards a few times like i've i'm of that world they thought it would be a interesting sort of marriage for me to be in a talk show situation at a restaurant but like my career has always um surprised me i've, I've been offered to do things that i feel like why me like i was I, did, I was a host of the reboot of uh, Extreme Makeover Home Edition that that HGTV did. It was only ten episodes, and um, you know, but we got to like change ten people's lives, and it was really exciting. But when it was offered to me, it's like I know nothing about architecture or building. I've never been in an interviewer position. Like I, I don't, you know, the last guy who did it was um Ty. Yeah. yeah. What, what's his Pennington? last name? Ty Pennington. Yeah, yeah. Like Ty Pennington, and he um. You know, he's so good at that. Like, that's his world. And, like, he's sort of synonymous with Extreme Makeover Home Edition. So I was like, why me? Yeah. But I trusted it, and I just went with it. And I had a really profound experience doing it. So when the podcast thing came, I was like, okay, this sort of falls into that category of, like, things I never would have thought for myself, but I'm just going to try it. And I don't know if I'll like it until I until I do it. Yeah. And I've had a really great time doing it. It reminds me. Um, <clears throat> did you see the show Julia on HBO? Yes. Okay. So I just got through season two. Have you seen it all? I haven't seen it all. Oh, no. it, it, well, I'm devastated. That it got canceled. It got canceled. I know. And I, it was, if anyone is like, like, go watch the show. It is so charming and delightful and well done. Yeah. And I loved the movie, Julie and, and Julia. Julia yeah. And uh, Meryl Streep and... Amy Adams. Amy Adams yeah. and Stanley Tucci. Yeah. I mean, could not Stanley Tucci, Meryl Streep. I'll watch them do anything. Mm -hmm. They're so fantastic. But this show really showed a nuance to these characters. I don't know if it was based on reality or if right. it was just in the mind of the creator. So freaking well done. But there's this great sort of monologue that is it David Hyde Pierce? Is that the guy from Frasier, the yes. brother? Okay, yes. who plays her husband, whatever his name is. And uh, there's this great monologue he gives in season two where he's like trying to kind of help her to not be afraid and we're gonna go do uh -huh. this thing. And he says, I'm gonna butcher the line, but it's something like, we always say yes. That's our thing, we say yes to life. Mm -hmm. And when I'm 100 years old, I wanna drop dead saying yes. Oh. And I love it, and my yeah. boyfriend and I say that to each other all the time, like let's drop yeah. dead saying yes. Let's, yeah. let's, let's let that be our thing that we'll just Such step into these motto. opportunities. Yeah. 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 Do you feel like your career has always kind of done that? like? It just has flowed really easily or do you feel like you had to sort of shape it yeah i haven't mm, i mean yes and no obviously everything takes effort and you know you need to nurture anything but i a lot of the opportunities that have shaped my career are things that the universe has just sort of brought to me i love that and i i that's also kind of why i, I always trust my instincts because things have always sort of just kind of worked out 
that's not to say there's 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 months and you know sometimes years when I was younger where like nothing was really happening and that was hard. But all of these big moments, even Modern Family, you know, was something that just sort of fell in my lap and like I just seemed to be in the right place at the right time. Mm. I never saw myself as a TV actor. I loved doing theater and you know I was doing a show in New York that brought me to LA and then like things started happening here and. And then, you know, I've got to go back to do theater and then, you know, won a Tony Award and like done things that achieved things that I I only dreamed of. But it's been sort of like this this weird flow of like, you know, different genres I've got to try. And Jack and I were just talking about Cocaine Bear, you know, like that I got (laughs) to be a part of, which is such a wild, crazy experience that I never thought I would be like part of a a gross out horror film comedy. (laughs) Um, You know, so I, I just trust these opportunities and I certainly know when things don't feel right and yeah. I, I I go with my gut but yeah I've been lucky yeah you sure. said um you were you've you've found yourself in the food space so much um are there uh, it, that's what made me think of Julia because there's a character yeah. James Beard is a character in yes. that show yeah. are you loving any of the other shows that are on right now that are like the what is the bear it? the bear love the bear holy crap it's not a comedy it's not a comedy i mean it's, i love that it won all these heartwarming. awards heartwarming it's it is very heartwarming but it's not a, i mean it's there are episodes comedy. of that it's, i literally can't it's so funny i was, so I was stressful. you know with the emmys like three of the actors from the bear won comedy awards which i'm like that's i'm so happy they're being recognized yes. they're all so talented and then jennifer coolidge who's so hilarious in the white lotus won a best drama I was like, this is all like category fraud, but like, right. I love all these people, so right. I'm not upset right. about it. That, that ha- I remember for years, um, what was it, Nurse Jackie? Yes, that was she also would win comedy. every year for comedy. I'm like, yeah. what about this? It's is a it's so very funny. dark comedy. Yeah. yeah, but the bear is fantastic. Yeah, I really love it. I, where did that even come from? It's I know. so well done. It's so well done. All my friends who work in the food space love that show because it's so accurate. It's real. Yeah, they pay a lot of attention to detail. Um, down to like you know the 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 way that they they prep and they do the mise en place but before you know service it's all just very authentic. Yeah, I think they have a lot of people sort of on set that are really helping them to make it feel very real. I love that 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 I feel like production is paying more attention to this very specific genre. I clearly have a, a category that I like, which is a show that yeah. also involves food. Yeah, because um, what's uh, what's the one with Captain Marvel. I'm terrible at what um it's on Apple and she is a chef. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Um you guys haven't seen it. I'm getting lessons uh-huh. in chemistry. Oh, is that what that's about? Yes, you it's should. It's um Brie Larson, right? Yes, it's so freaking I good. didn't know that it was about yeah, a chef. Yeah, it's so it's she's a she's a scientist. She's not a chef. She's okay. a scientist and because certain things happen and because of the time period it is, I'm not going to do a spoiler. She ends up being uh, imagine like a Julia Childs, like she's on right. the local TV station showing people how to cook food, but she's doing it from a chemist's perspective. Interesting. And She's phenomenal. It's only two seasons. Like it's a limited right. thing. Oh, you gotta watch. Well, I'll it. watch it. I'm, I'm really. So inter- I was interested in that because I like Brie Larson so yeah, much. Yeah, they did a really good job. <clears throat> this is such a silly thing to love, but I just love that. Like they make the food look beautiful. Totally. It really matters. If you're gonna I, do a show about food, the food on, has to look good. Man. Come on. <laughs> For sure. So, um, you said you had a cookbook. I do. How did that come to be? I think if I didn't, if acting hadn't really worked out for me, I would have loved to have gone to culinary school. And even when it was working out for me, I still really wanted to go to culinary school. I just didn't have the time. 
I found myself at a dinner party. Um, it was an interactive dinner party called the Spring, uh, the Spring Street Social Society. And I was hesitant to go because I don't really like interactive events. What does interactive mean when it comes to It was to like that? there was performance elements. There was like conversation starters on the bottom of your plate and you're meant to like talk to the stranger to your left. And I was like, I don't know about all this. <laughs> anyway, I was, I was sat across from a stranger who ended up being like my, my go-to person. And I, she ended up being a, a really hilarious, wonderful person. I ended up becoming friends with her. She uh, was a chef. She went to culinary school. She was a private chef. She was a recipe developer. And we just became friends. And I gave her my number, which is very rare for me because I'm, I'm at that age where it's like, New no friends new, are hard. No for new me to, friends. Yeah, no new friends. <laughs> and also, like, just uh, you know, I'm in this. I, I sometimes I feel like, what are people like really looking for? Yeah. Are they just wanting to like know what happens right. behind the scenes of Modern Family? It's like <laughs> I have my guard up a lot of times, and I decided to let it down. So glad I did. She's become one of my dearest friends, and we just started cooking together, and we developed a blog. And then from that blog, um, a publisher caught wind of it and offered us a, a book deal. Again, like one of those those experiences where I was like, I don't know if I need to do this, and like I took the leap. And we created this cookbook together. And it wasn't like she was a ghostwriter or someone just helped me develop recipes. Like, she's on the cover with me. Mm. It's mine and her book. Uh, she's from Alabama. I'm from New Mexico. So we wrote we wrote a lot of recipes that sort of reflect the food that we grew up eating. And there's a lot of hybrids between those two culinary styles. Cool. Um, it's called Food Between Friends. And it's, um, it's sort of an entertaining book as well. Uh, but it was a really fun experience to do it. I mean, I, I'm such a cookbook collector, so to have my own cookbook amongst other cookbooks I love cooking from is was really exciting. And, yeah. And it's also really challenging. I know you're an author. Like, it, I, it's so hard writing books. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so hard It's a very writing. lonely experience, too. And cookbooks, too. I have a couple from yeah. back in the day. Um, cookbooks are impossible because at least with writing, yeah. you're just – writing yeah. words right but if it's a cookbook at least with my there were so many pictures you've got to yeah. show the steps and there's yeah. still recipes where like a really key thing is left out and yeah. these go through so many checks and, yes. so, and you like can't see what you can't see yeah because uh, my kids will use the cookbooks because I, I put all my family recipes so it'll be yeah, like yeah, grandma's yeah. cake and different things and if they want to bake something they'll go grab the cookbook to do it and there's some recipe i can't remember which one that my son was like, mom, you say that you're supposed to do this, but where's the measurement for that? And it's a key ingredient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, no. Like in baking, yeah. it's so crucial. Oh, so I'm yeah. like, sorry, guys. Did my no, best. No, it happens. It happens. Yeah. We found mistakes in our books, too. Yeah. Such yeah. a bummer. What are your favorite cookbooks? Like, do you have tried and true that you're like, this will always oh, work? They're always in constant rotation. But um I like anything Melissa Clark does. I I'm a, love I'm a, Melissa, Melissa Clark. Clark's great. Alison what Roman's great. What dorks we are that we both know who that is. Like, <laughs> do you know well, she's like a writer for the New York Times. But at the same time, I guarantee that 99% of people <laughs> had no idea. I do discovered you, her through a podcast. I freaking... Oh, wait. She does podcasts? I've, I've, I, she was a guest on a podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. I might have to get... I yeah. literally... So I have the New York Times cooking app. It's, Me too. I, Me too. I cannot... There's not an ad, but I think it's the best app that exists it's great and every recipe i love it's always melissa clark true i feel like she's testing those really yeah. well yeah 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 absolutely so her you said allison uh, adina Roman. sussman um okay. who has her own cookbooks but also co-writes with chrissy teigen i also love chrissy's books nice but adina sussman uh it's a lot of great middle eastern cooking she lives in israel um and she just has her every recipe's flawless mm. i do go to martha stewart a lot and um her 
Sarah Carey is who writes a lot of the, the recipes for Martha Stewart, and she's a very dear friend of mine, so oh, I, cool. I go to her a lot. Uh, Padma Lakshmi has a, a, yeah. some great cookbooks yeah. and um, very accessible stuff. I was watching Martha Stewart. She just came out with um, a masterclass, mm -hmm. which I would like to highly recommend to everyone. Oh, I'll, I'll watch it. It is my boyfriend was like, oh, did you learn anything? I'm like, no, it's basically porn for who I want to be when I'm in my 60s. She has, it's just her on her farm. It's yeah. like the master class is a day in the life of Martha Stewart. Right. I am telling you, you want this in your life. It's just like, of course, she's blending her own green juice. Of yes, course, yeah. she's like feeding her donkeys. Then she's yeah. driving into the city that yeah, you're like, yeah. I'm buying all of this. Right. It's all. I know. She's, she's so said, aspirational. Yeah, she's so aspirational. And she said she just published her 100th book. Wow. And I was like, you know what? Go off, bitch. Like, yeah. you you get it. You're doing it. She's great. She's so inspiring. She did not start her company until she was 50 years old. I know. Isn't that amazing? So inspiring. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm a dork, but I love her. I would also, if you don't have it, I think... The best cookbook Tell me. is Nancy Silverton, uh, Moza. Oh, I have it. I it also is... have her recent cook, cookie cookbook. Yeah. So, um, oh, she has a cookie? Yeah. <gasps> okay, I'll get it. Called the best cookie I, I ever ate or ever made. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I Did you ever get the Moza cookbook? Not yet. I talk about it so much. Like, all my friends are like, okay. It's not laid out in a way that is the most ideal yeah if you're not super familiar with the kitchen i wouldn't recommend that one because uh -huh. it's like the recipe is given to you yeah. almost like you're reading pages of a fiction book yeah. there's no like step one step two step three it's Same all one yeah. big paragraph yeah. Yeah. but my god it, it it is so accurate you can nail it every single time yeah every recipe takes 27 hours but <laughs> it really does but it you can some of those recreate. sauces though they take a while yeah. i mean yeah. but i love that one i highly recommend yeah it's okay good. i'm pumped i got some new i you said some new ones that i haven't yeah, heard before so i'll sure. add those to the list if you were inviting me and jack over for dinner uh -huh. what are you guys making for us like do you have a go-to um well do you eat meat yes of course okay i'm gonna make you my green chili chicken enchilada pot pie Oh, it just kept going. Yeah, a I know. Pot pie. <laughs> yeah, I know. With like a pot pie crust or like so a tortilla I, I, situation. I make, I make the tortillas the pie. I layer them in yes. the pie pan, and then I actually put tortillas on top. So it's instead of a, uh, like a crust, like you have a pie crust. Nice. It's a tortilla crust. Okay. But it is a pot pie filling. Delicious. So it's actually a perfect example of like the hybrid situation I was talking about with the cookbook, like where right. it's part Alabama, part New Mexico. Okay. Yeah. What was the food, like New Mexico, what kind of food did you grow up eating? A lot of green chili. Green chili's mm. in almost everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Like if you go to like a, uh, get a hamburger, it's like you have the option of putting green chili on it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still go back to New Mexico? Yeah. Or so? Okay. My I dad still Mexico. lives there. It's beautiful. I, live, so I grew up pretty. in Albuquerque. It's changed a lot since I used to live there. It's much better now. I, yeah. I, I enjoy going much more than – I go. I enjoy visiting more than I enjoyed living there. Um, and also Santa Fe's – incredibly beautiful yeah. they have um the albuquerque hot air balloon fiesta is one of the most beautiful things you could ever witness it takes place every october and when i was growing up it, it, it lasts for like 10 days and um you know it was just something that is a, a native of albuquerque like you just experience every year you know driving to school you see the 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 sky's just filled with hot air balloons they take they take off from a, a um the same grounds but then they sort of like float to where the wind might take them and and then they have to find places to land and this all happens between the hours of like 6 a.m and 10 a.m because after that like it's too warm to, to actually 
be up in a hot air balloon. So it happens very early in the morning. But like I'd be going to school and I would see these huge hot air balloons landing in like our football field. And every hot air balloon has a, a chaser van because they have to they have to follow that balloon so that when the balloon lands, they can pack it all up and put it in, the, in a van. Right. So it's a it was such an interesting, weird 10 days in Albuquerque every year when I was growing up when the hot air balloon fiesta was happening. And so now I'm going as an adult and going as a tourist, basically, and taking my kids to it. How cool. And it's really special. I can't recommend it enough. I took a lot of my friends a few years ago for my birthday, and I think they were all really skeptical about it. And every single one of them lost their minds. They all act like children. It was like, it's like it's like going to Disneyland for the first time. Yeah. Like, it's truly magical. How cool. Yeah. The, the earth energy in New Mexico is really special yeah. too. There's yeah. just like what's happening with the rocks and, and nature right. there. Did you, you said something about the universe. You Did you grow up with like sort of a spiritual bent to the way you saw the world or is that something you've developed as you I think I've older? developed that yeah. for sure. I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school my entire life. Wow. Um, and it's not a, a religion I feel connected to. So I think I was maybe even hesitant. I, I probably was like the opposite. Like I was pulling away from spirituality. Mm. And I think now that I've sort of obviously um, I'm more comfortable with my own skin and I'm living away from um, where I grew up and I'm sort of developing my own traditions and my own beliefs. I've, you know, I've, I've adopted things and I've certainly gone back to things that I was taught when I was younger and I've sort of come up with my my own set of things that work for me that's really cool yeah well it's interesting because you've told a lot of stories today of things kind of like unfolding or trusting that it's taking you where it's meant to go do you feel like that with you know the next chapter of your life that you're just sort of like vibing and it'll all kind of fall so. yeah you know it's it's interesting i don't know if you feel the same way but like as you get older and especially after you have kids you try to maintain control a little bit more yeah. you know you can become more controlling parts partly because you have people that you are raising and part of that requires you know parameters and, and guardrails and bumpers and like I'm trying not to do that to myself I'm trying to still be open to the world and like whatever comes comes yeah but I'm in a place in my life now that a huge chapter's ended with with modern family and I, I'm on this next step and I'm now a father and it's like that also is dictating what type of jobs I I can accept and types of jobs I want to do and you know how I want to spend my time but I'm still hoping that I can maintain the spirit of someone who's open, open. to lots of things yeah at this place in your career do you sort of call a shot in your own mind and go man I'd really like to do that or is it sort of just like because I actually don't know what yeah. it is like to be an actor do you just kind of wait until something falls across your lap. Well, I mean, it's a little bit of both. I mean, you have to sort of put it out in the universe that you want to do something. Right. And like for me, I'm like very interested in like maybe a drama next or something that like, you know, something so different than what I did before. Yeah. But at the same time, like I can't just sit here and like wait for that. I have to like put it out there verbally. And like, so I talk to people who help make these things happen. But yeah. like, these are the things I'm looking for and hoping yeah. to do. And, you know, just putting that energy out there very cool yeah so with the new podcast mm -hmm. how many episodes do you do per season i have 24 season um yeah it's legit it's so legit, you're calling yeah. it a season but it's it's yeah you know, i half think we, we would have rolled right into a second season if it wasn't for the writer's strike and the actor's right, strike it yeah. became very hard to 
a lot of a lot of the guests that come on are entertainment people and so yeah. it was just becoming very difficult to sort of talk around oh i know very important <laughs> i'm sure you know yeah you're like so, sitting with an actor who's known as know, an actor and, and you're you like can't talk about that thing how's the ice plunge yeah i know going <laughs> I know, totally <laughs> so weird so we took a we took a hiatus that we didn't have to take but i decided it's like let's just pause yeah. it for a moment so we do have a proper season two relaunch and we have 24 episodes and then hopefully we'll do more beyond that. Yeah. yeah. Is there a guest that you're like, you would die? Michelle Obama. Oh, right. Oh, <laughs> do you, would you get nervous or you feel like you'd be so fine? I've met her before and I really like her. Yeah. And she's very cool, very down to earth. I, of course I'd be nervous. Yes. I mean, I'm not, that's not to say yeah. I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be nervous. I mean, I'm nervous with everyone. I was nervous to sit down with Dax Shepard just because for, <laughs> he's sort of like the letterman of podcasting right, right now. I'm like, you know, I was nervous. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, my, he's totally going to be judging the way I <laughs> am uh, conducting this interview. But he wasn't. And again, I've known, he's someone I've known for a while. Of like, course. It was lovely. But I think I do have a healthy amount of um, nerves around each each yeah. person. Uh, well, it's like I if you're interview. not feeling a little bit, you know, of something, yeah. you probably don't care that much. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I always like Michelle. to be scared a bit. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna also manifest for you, Michelle, because yeah. that would be insane. For sure. I don't there are some people that are so I love them so much. I don't ever you wanna, don't want I don't it. even want to meet Tell them. Tell me one of them. Beyonce. Oh. Beyonce's everything. Yeah. And if someone was like Rachel, Beyonce, you know what? I would. I would do it. Yes, of course you but would. But I probably would crap my pants. Like yeah. I don't it wouldn't be a good interview. I maybe would just be crying. Like how could you even hold space for her? I, know. I don't I have no she's idea how She's pretty iconic. Oh, she's so iconic. I um you're right though. I got to meet Michelle a few years ago when or Miss Miss Obama. Miss Obama. Yeah, Mrs. Obama. I shouldn't say that. Lotus. I, I know. I was um doing um Oprah was on tour and I got to open for Oprah oh, wow. on the on the stage where she was interviewing Michelle. Oh wow. So they let me meet, meet and her. I was like, Oh, I'd love to meet Michelle and they were like, It's Mrs. Obama. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> of course I would love to meet and it was the most you're just like first of all, she's so tall. So shockingly tall. tall. And I was just like, uh, 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 I don't even know what I said. I mean, I just like hugged her. We took a picture and yeah. I wanted that to be my Christmas card that year. So, yeah, of course. But she is Screw so the kids. freaking cool. Yeah. who, the, who they, yeah. People would rather see Michelle. Absolutely. Let's be real. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. So you're Michelle. I'm Beyonce. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, if people want to listen to the show, where can they find it? Where can they find you on social? Yeah. Like, give them all the details. Okay. With you. Okay. I, I know I have a Facebook page. <laughs> I don't ever go on it. Look for his name. Look for that. Um, but on Instagram, I'm at Jesse Tyler. I think I also have a TikTok, but I don't run it. My husband does. He'll just like put stuff up on it and like he'll wake up in the morning and be like, oh, you're viral on TikTok. I'm like, I don't even know what. <laughs> you're like doing what? Doing I what? Don't, what did yeah. you post? Yeah. But uh, yeah, Instagram, Jesse Tyler at Instagram. And then um, I don't think I'm on X or Twitter. Maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> But the podcast that you could find anywhere you listen to your podcast, um, I just I always just go to my Apple podcast app. But it's on Spotify, it's on Apple, it's on you know all the platforms. All the things, uh, yeah. Yeah, dinners on me is the name of it. Dinners on me. Well, thank you for hanging out, man. Thank this you for awesome. having me. Yeah, anytime. The coffee was delicious. Good. I'm glad we work hard on that. Yeah, very good. The Rachel Hollis podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. 
It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. It's okay if you aren't ready for kids right now. It's okay if you don't want to be a mom now or even ever. It's nobody's decision but yours. But do you know what's not okay? Not knowing how effective your birth control is. Talk to your doctor about effective birth control options so you can make an informed decision. Tap to learn more 